Akane drove the war machine once again, and this time he noticed the shift of terrain, as the river sticks first appeared in front of them, which worried him deeply, how would they cross it? Two hours into the travel, they had to cross a wide ravine. The crossing by itself posed no challenge since there was a clear carved path into and out of it on each of its walls, clearly made for travel by Avernus infernal vehicles. After getting out of it, however, Styx was no longer a transversal barrier in front of them, but rather a parallel feature to their left. Many more hours of travel amidst the wails of tormented souls elapsed on the wasteland of Hell's first layer before they saw a tall spire of constructed black iron, rising upon an island in the middle of a lake of boiling crimson blood. I don't think our ride will be able to swim, dears, Akane said as he shut down the lamenting engine. I'm open to suggestions on how to cross this lake, and on what to do with that. A small mob of disparate figures was at the foot of the iron tower. The surface of the venal lake carried but a faint buzz of words in infernal from the fiends. Any insight on their nature, dearest? Matthew looked towards Osmus, not getting down from the vehicle just yet. Well, they are not from the hells. Their shape and behavior, it is not befitting of a devil, that I can tell. They are too well behaved for demons as well. Osmus pondered. The majority of them seems like those insects the priest from El Turul had under his service, Akane remembered. Yes, the rolling voice of Gargot echoed on their minds, they are neither devils nor demons. They are Yugoloths, creatures from the vast wastes of Gehenna. Oh, I remember that name. The tiefling continued. Are they not your former slaves, commissioned to fight for you on the blood war? To which no answer came from the locked fiend. I have a way to take us over this lake, however. Osmus went on. Come here, close to the shore. This damn shifting landscape, we should be the closest to the other shore as possible. Only the gods know how much time it will take for us to cross the lake's breadth. Without hesitation, Akane and Matthew got near to the tiefling. Lulu was near them, but not so much so as the others. Must I too? I could fly over the lake, whatever you do to cross it. Worry not, we will fly across it together. And, with wide sigils drawn from thin air and a couple of resonating arcane words, Ozma's hands touched each of his partner's chests. Gravity suddenly became irrelevant, as the three humanoids got to the air and began flying over the lake's surface. Let's go, boys, Matthew said as he spearheaded the flight. What will we do about those creatures, my loves? Akane yelled over the rolling wind as they flew. Hope they're friends? Matthew joked, thrilled about flying as his human self for the first time in his life. We will deal with them when it comes to it, worry not, dearest. Osmus ignored Matthew's joke. Dash. For once, the spatial shifting turned out in their favor, when the island shore drew near to them in half the time they expected. Luckier still, the mob of Yugoloths paid no attention to them as they arrived on the island. The tower was over 50 meters high, with no doors or windows. The only two features that broke its plain surface were a balcony near the top of the tower, with an iron rock door, and two horns of metal between which a constant barrage of red thunder bolted back and forth. The buzz of the fiends stopped at once when the balcony door opened. A tall male human in his thirties walked out of it into the Avernian scorching atmosphere, with a black well-trimmed goatee, no hair, and wearing a dark blue robe adorned with a plethora of precious jewels. The man raised his hands and, in infernal with a voice thrice the volume it should be, said, Hear ye, for I seek one who is willing to perform a task for me. As the crowd's ruckus grew, Osmus noticed the mage would not take notice of them on his own, so he took to the air and said with his voice also amplified. I am very sorry to interrupt you, sir, but we have come here in the hope you could spare us a moment or two. The archmage's attention suddenly shifted towards the flying tiefling, then to his companions still on the ground. Adventurers. And he returned to Osmus. 
Have you come here for me, you say? Yes, sir. Could we have a private moment to speak? The mage pondered for a second before returning to the Yuga Loths crowding near the base of his tower. I'll come back to you so we may discuss business. But my kind will take precedence today. He returned to Osmus and gestured for him to follow him. The remainder of the group took flight and landed with the wizard on the balcony. The mage lingered in the frame of the iron door with a rushing glance upon his face. Come now? He half asked, half hurried the party, now his voice with a normal volume, and then entered the tower. The party followed. Dash. As Lulu crossed the threshold, the door closed on its own behind her. The room was a cozy attic with a high dome ceiling that showed a starry foreign sky. A large fireplace on the wall opposed to the door crept with a roaring fire. The center of the room contained a tall cozy armchair, a couple of plain couches, and, between them, an octagonal tea table with a handful of books and scrolls upon it. The archmage sat comfortably upon the armchair. Please, have a sit. Inside this tower, you are safe from the hellish dangers that lie without. And he signaled to the other seats. Shyly the party sat upon the couches available, except for Lulu, who remained to hover behind Ozma's shoulder. I am the Lord Mage Mordenkainen of Greyhawk. Here is your moment or two. What brings you to me? Osmus immediately recalled who the mage was, and was aghast to be in his presence. I am. Osmus, sir. I am a wizard too. Humphrey. Is this how you plan to use your moment? Mordenkainen's gaze pierced right through the tiefling's soul, it seemed. We are looking for the bleeding citadel, sir. Do you know where it is? Akane intervened as he noticed Osmus was not on his right mind. I know it from legend. Never seen it, and don't know where it is. The Archmage studied the party for a few seconds. But there is one who should know of its whereabouts. Partially dismayed by the wild goose chase, Matthew intervened. And I figure this person lives far from here? You must be new here, soon you'll notice that near and far are concepts that do not pertain to this place. A cup of tea was at his hand, from which he sipped a gulp. He's not here, though. I can gift you with their location, are you interested? Yes, sir, please. It would be an honor. Osmus was, most certainly, not himself in the presence of Mordenkainen. Is there no way you could help us locate the Citadel directly, sir? Matthew kept his composure. Oh, there are many ways. I care not for it, oh. Another sip from his summoned tea. This person, this prestidigitator of no renown, resides by an obelisk of shadowy obsidian. I hope you have a map so that I must not suffer the description of directions on this plane. Matthew fetched the map from Osmus and opened it in front of the mage. No words, no thanks, just a cold show of the map. Here, after the pit of Shumrath. The archmage pointed to both points of interest on the map. After you cross this bridge, seek this person. He knows many things about Avernus and will certainly help you. And the catch is? Matthew was the only one to perceive a note of second intentions behind Mordenkainen's words. No catch. I'm no devil to try and snatch your precious, precious souls, he laughed heartily. Since the mage clearly would not admit to whatever he was plotting, Matthew chose to let it go. Thank you for your time, we'll be parting now. Osmus, Akane, Lulu, let's find this person. The door opened and closed to let the party pass on its own. On the balcony, since flying was off the table, Matthew turned into a giant eagle and caught at his companion to mount him once more. As they took to their tormentor once again and towards their next step, none of them noticed two members of the crowd missing. To be continued.